Texas is ready to fight for its border. That's what Governor Abbott's office is saying about a potential federal lawsuit. An expert breaks down the letter from the feds. And it's our sixth sunny day in a row. We'll have a look at your warmer weekend forecasts coming up. And a solution to losing firefighters. We'll take a look at a mentorship program growing in local firehouses. Well, Texas could face another lawsuit if it moves forward with enforcing a new border security law. Thanks for joining us. I'm Daniel Marine. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. The federal government is now warning Governor Greg Abbott that it plans to sue and block the law. KXAN's Will Dupree talked to a legal expert about what to expect from that showdown in court. Senate Bill 4 is now law in the state of Texas. That very bill Governor Abbott signed last week may lead the state into more legal hot water. The U.S. Department of Justice sent Abbott a letter Thursday threatening a lawsuit over Senate Bill 4. The DOJ argues the law oversteps federal authority since it would let local law enforcement arrest people suspected of crossing into the country illegally and allow state judges to permit deportations. The letter obtained by KXAN lays out simply SB4 is preempted and violates the United States Constitution. The governor's office is remaining defiant. Abbott previously said he believed the law would be upheld despite a 2012 Supreme Court ruling that immigration enforcement is a federal responsibility. We think that Texas already has a constitutional authority to do this. In a new statement, Abbott's spokesperson says Texas is prepared to take this fight all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. However, what do you think the outcome would be there? I have to believe that the Supreme Court is going to strike down this law. Immigration law expert Denise Gilman says the state likely won't succeed even with a conservative majority on the high court. We don't want every state in the country to have its own immigration policies because they involve international relations and, and other concerns that really need to be coordinated on a national level. The feds say they would not move forward with a lawsuit, though, if the governor agrees by January 3rd to refrain from enforcing SB4. Will Dupree, KXAN News. And we reached out today seeking comments from the bill's author, State Senator Charles Perry, but we never got a response. Senate Bill 4 is set to go into effect on March 5th. Just one day after Governor Greg Abbott signed SB 4 into law, the American Civil Liberties Union of Texas, along with the Texas Civil Rights Project, announced they filed a lawsuit challenging the bill from taking effect. So the plaintiffs include El Paso County, the Las Americas Immigrant Advocacy Center, and American Gateway. Now, in a statement released last week, Adriana Pinon, the legal director of the ACLU of Texas, said, quote, we're suing the block one uh, to block one of the most extreme anti-immigrant bills in the country. The bill overrides bedrock constitutional principles and flouts federal immigration law while harming Texans, in particular brown and black communities. The defendants are listed as Corporal Steve McCraw, and that's the director of the Texas Department of Public Safety, and El Paso District Attorney Bill Hicks. When we did ask for a response, a spokesperson for DPS wrote back saying, quote, the department does not discuss pending litigation. To the race now for the White House, Maine is the latest state to rule former President Donald Trump not being eligible to be on its primary ballot because he allegedly incited rioters to storm the Capitol on January 6th. Now this comes just weeks before the Iowa caucus and all candidates are making the final push before voters cast their ballots. Here's NBC's Dan Sheneman. Maine, the second state to bar former President Trump from a primary ballot. 
The reason? Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Secretary of State Shanna Bellows delivered a 36-page decision which said in part, the weight of the evidence makes clear that Mr. Trump was aware of the tinder laid by his multi-month effort to delegitimize a Democratic election and then chose to light a match. I was legally required to hold a hearing and required to issue a decision. They did not have a choice to decline to decide. Then it goes to the courts. A spokesman for the former president saying, quote, we are witnessing in real time the attempted theft of an election and the disenfranchisement of the American voter. The former president's GOP rivals weighed in. People may think there's some justification for doing this. It's not good for our democracy. In the end, Donald Trump should be defeated by the voters at the polls. Maine's decision, less than a month after Colorado's Supreme Court ruled the former president was ineligible. Similar challenges in other states have been rejected. The U.S. Supreme Court will likely have the final say. On the campaign trail, candidates are crisscrossing Iowa and New Hampshire fighting for support. Iowans caucus January 15th. The following week, voters cast ballots in New Hampshire. Dan Sheneman, NBC News. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, temperatures this morning were very cold area-wide. Freezing in many rural suburbs, but just above freezing at Camp Mabry. Low temperatures 8 degrees colder than normal, though, today at 34. Since then, it's turned into another beautiful day. We've had almost a full week back-to-back -back of these wonderful sunny days. It has been a little cool, though. West Shore home cam even a touch cooler than yesterday. 57 right now in downtown Austin. 60 in Marble Falls and Rockdale. 60 as well right now in San Marcos as you kick off your Friday evening. Coming up, finally, temperatures warm significantly this weekend as we round out 2023. We'll have your New Year's Eve cold front timing and a stormier pattern next week. Next in First Warning Weather. All right, David, thank you very much. And firefighters across Travis County are preparing for a busy New Year's weekend. Now, to give you an idea of what they're in for, on the 4th of July, Austin's Fire Department took 300 calls related to fireworks. 250 of those calls involved grass, dumpster, trash, and structure fires. And as crews brace for more of these calls, Brianna Hollis takes a look at a new program one department implemented to keep up staff morale so they can have the firefighters they need to get every call. Jeremy Ayers and Michael Hernandez with the Pflugerville Fire Department played pivotal roles in the agency's mentorship program. Some good knowledge that me and other mentors could pass on to these new cadets to, to at least get them a good head start and hopefully see where it grows from there. The mentorship team meets with cadets once a month for 90-minute sessions. So we talk about LODDs, um, line-of-duty line deaths, um, so that's important. Um, speaking on things, how we can prevent certain um, tragedies in the fire service, as well as talking about the fire department history. Ayers and Hernandez um, say serving on the department is rewarding, but the job isn't easy, and it's often grim. According to the U.S. Fire Administration, firefighters are five times more likely to suffer from PTSD and depression than civilian employees. And according to a Florida State Behavioral Health study that surveyed 1,000 firefighters, 47% have considered suicide, 19% made plans for a suicide attempt, and 16% went through with a suicide attempt. Pflugerville's mentorship program offers cadets a safe space to discuss their worries and experiences. Share our phone numbers with them so if they have any questions to call on their off times, um, any kind of concerns about the fire service, we're there to answer those questions for them. The mentorship also aims to foster an overall positive and supportive work environment, which the department hopes helps with retention by making the agency somewhere people want 
to stay, especially during a time when many first responder departments nationwide struggle with recruitment. I think it's important to give them a sense of community so they can be a family together. Uh, and once they're together, they're able to grow as a good firefighter. And once they're a strong community, they can give back to the community that they serve. Brianna Hollis, KXAN News. And the Pflugerville Fire Department has six total mentors. So far, they've now used the program with two cadet classes. And going in depth, the U.S. Fire Administration says volunteer fire departments struggle the most with recruitment and retention. The agency says the number of volunteer firefighters dropped from nearly 900,000 in 1984 to about 677,000 in 2020. Time demands, increased training requirements, and poor leadership are listed as the biggest challenges these departments face. The war between Israel and Hamas continues, and so do hopes to bring hostages home. What we know about talks for negotiations. And we're getting closer and closer to 2024. The preps underway ahead of Lone Star New Year's Eve in Dallas that you'll see right here on KXAN. As the Israeli military continues to fight Hamas militants across the Gaza Strip today, calls grow to resume negotiations to free the remaining hostages. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has been meeting with hostage families. So he says talks for their release are ongoing, but did not offer any details about the progress. One of those hostages, an American citizen, is no longer alive. 70-year-old Judy Weinstein had been believed to be in a hospital in Gaza. Officials, though, say she was actually murdered in Israel during the October 7th terror attacks and her body was brought back to Gaza. We're also hearing about new Israeli airstrikes in the Gaza Strip that the Palestinian Health Ministry says killed dozens. Well, back home, a school in southeast Austin caught fire this morning. Fire crews put out flames and smoke at Rodriguez Elementary off of Franklin Park Drive. The fire started in the shed in the courtyard and then extended slightly into the school's interior. This was around 520 this morning. The flames were put out by 6 a.m. No one was hurt, and the cause of the fire is under investigation. We gear up to ring in the new year in style. What you can expect to see during a dazzling show in the final moments of 2023 right here on KXAN. And with no rain expected over the next couple of days as we wrap up 2023, it looks like we will end about 25% short on rainfall compared to what we would typically see. But everything changes in the new year. We've got a stormier pattern returning next in First Warning Weather. Pretty hard to believe, but it's almost time to welcome a new year. And Dallas's Reunion Tower is again preparing for an over-the-top celebration. Katie Blakey has a preview of what you'll see Sunday night on our Lone Star New Year's Eve show. Fireworks, drones, and a light show. There's no other place in the country that does that. Greg Elkin and the team at Reunion Tower challenge themselves every year to come up with something fresh. We want to make it new and different, and this year we've done that. Pyrotechnics will install 15 to 20,000 pounds of fireworks atop the ball. This year's show will tell a story of New Year's Eve celebrations through the decades. And DFW's Sky Elements is adding more drones, fresh off setting a world record for this dazzling display over North Texas last weekend. Everything they're doing is going to be 3D, basically. Animation within the drones. They're also going to do a special countdown before the show starts as well. All eyes will be on the ball as the clock strikes midnight. If you can see the tower anywhere from where you're at around downtown Dallas, you can see the show. But you're guaranteed a great view on Lone Star MYE. An hour of Texas-sized entertainment to kick off 2024.
It's made it a special show and a very unique, one-of-a-kind show that people from around the country now are calling us about to be able to come and see it. For Lone Star, NYE, I'm Katie Blakey. And Bullet for Soup will headline this year's Lone Star New Year Eve show. And right now, they'll have Brie Bagwell there as well. It's all leading up to the stunning fireworks show over the Dallas skyline. You can watch Lone Star NYE starting at 1130 right here on KXAN. Very nice. Let's talk about the weather as we get ready for this holiday weekend. And finally, some warmer afternoons. Are you guys ready for that the next couple days? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been kind of a chilly week, hasn't it? At least it's been sunny. Just a gorgeous evening right now on Lake Marble Falls. It is a cool day, but you know, this is pretty typical for late December, if not a couple degrees cooler than average. 60 right now on the River City Grill Highland Furniture Center Cam. This comes after a freeze out there in Marble Falls this morning. 32, the observed low there. We ended up at 34 in Austin, but many areas outside of town you see here did see a light freeze, and that's not the last one we'll see before we warm up. Good news about your allergies if you are heading out and about in the next 12 hours or so. Winds have relaxed a little bit, and so has the cedar count. Mold also down. As winds relax tonight, though, we've got another cold night. 40s by dinner time and by tomorrow morning, upper 20s to lower 30s. Yeah, that's another pretty widespread freeze outside of downtown Austin. Some of our rural valleys as cold as 26, 28 in the morning. So take your freeze preparations, especially outside of Austin city limits. Weekend weather, though, looks great. North winds, which have been cooling us off much of the week, spin around to the southwest, which boosts temperatures by almost 10 degrees tomorrow. Not a cloud around, 69 on Saturday. How about 74 with gusty winds and very pleasant weather to end the year on Sunday. Sunday evening, we've been telling you about it all week. There's still no rain coming, so no big weather, but we do have a dry, cool front pushing through. Looks like about midnight as of right now. That could mean a midnight temperature a little warmer than originally thought, 53, but then we'll drop off pretty quickly if you're still out at 1 or 2 a.m. Either way, there's no rain, just partly cloudy skies and cool, breezy conditions. Have fun and be safe. We've got a gorgeous high-pressure system coming in from the Four Corners region over the weekend, responsible for the heat and responsible for the sunshine. After that, though, things really change. A cold front, then a parade of storm systems from the Pacific. These are the same ones that are causing battering waves on the West Coast. We'll show you some video from California later on tonight on KXAN News at 10. These will start to impact our weather on January 2nd next Tuesday. So here's January 1st, cooler behind that weekend front, but still dry. Here's where the change happens. The storm track really shifts to the south next week, which is going to bring system after system our way. On Tuesday, especially by late in the day, clouds increase, widespread light rain expected. This won't be a terribly heavy rain event, unfortunately, with generally under a half inch. Then we'll get a little storm system break with dry weather Wednesday and Thursday. But then, now we got the next storm that I alluded to yesterday in sights. Next Friday, a stronger storm with colder air. This could bring up to another inch of rain in some areas. And notice on the north end of it here, it is possible that some cold air aloft could mix down a couple sleep pellets or snow flurries, maybe even into our area north of Austin. This is not going to accumulate nor cause any impacts because surface temperatures will be well above freezing. Now that that second storm, though, is in our sights, our seven-day rainfall totals are looking better and better. One to two inches expected over the next week. We'll let you know as this gets a bit closer, but that Friday rain event one week from today looking the most promising. 
Tonight's forecast, close to a widespread freeze, 33 in town with colder weather elsewhere. Clear skies and not a cloud around tomorrow either. 69, there's your southwest wind warming us up at just 5 to 10 miles per hour. That'll lead to a warmer night tomorrow night and a much warmer day on Sunday. Here comes the New Year's Eve cold front, though. Not a huge cool down by midnight, but by Monday, January 1st, high temperatures are back in the 50s as that first storm rolls in. Highs are in the 40s with the likelihood of light rain. After a little break and more cool weather mid next week, the second storm brings another high chance of rain with highs of 51. Uh, David, thank you very much. A high rate of cancer in Air Force service members leads to an expanded investigation. You have the latest findings at Air Force missile sites coming up next. But here's the question. Is there a difference? Who right now? How much evidence? You know what, Leland, that is an excellent question um, and one that I really haven't been asked about. We're going to actually ask tough questions, not of just one side, but of both sides. And our viewers will be better off because of it. What is the message? Why? Why is it important we know the truth? That's a good question. That's a great perspective and a great question. We want people to think one of three things when they watch the show. I didn't know that. I hadn't thought of that. Or that's exactly what I was thinking. Right now, one of the busiest travel days of the year, where we're seeing massive lines at airports. Plus, how cities are keeping celebrations safe for New Year's, the new technology police are using ahead on Nightly News. The Air Force is taking a more in-depth look into whether service members working with nuclear missiles have had higher rates of cancer. And according to the Associated Press, new documents show toxic dangers have been found at some missile building sites. An initial study began earlier this year after reports that many current and former service members have been diagnosed with cancer. It's the Air Force's most exhaustive study to date. Now, in the last few months, environmental teams have taken air, ground, and water samples at nuclear missile sites to find any cancer-causing chemicals. The majority of those places have come back clean, but three sites have had harmful levels of a toxin that's known as PCB. The Air Force says this review will be used to identify toxins previous service members have been exposed to and launch a preventative cleanup effort at nuclear missile sites. Well, eight puppies are recovering after they were rescued after they were dumped on the side of the highway in Fort Worth on Wednesday. And now some of them are up for adoption. So the Humane Society of North Texas said a Good Samaritan saw a puppy's nose poking through a crack in a plastic crate. And that was locked and sealed with tape. That person took the little ones to the shelter for care. And a few were cleared by a vet to be adopted. If you want one of these little guys who you see on your screen, you can contact the Humane Society of North Texas. New year, new puppy. Well, if you want to get your news early tonight, you can join us for KXAN News at 9 over on CW Austin. Here is where to find us. And here's your primetime lineup. At 7, it's The Wall. And at 8, a two-hour dateline before we're back here with you on KXAN News at 10 o'clock. This is a horror movie. Oh, yes. A horror movie with all its requisite darkness. Its setting. Its spine-chilling story. It's disturbing characters. <laughs> but really. Just calm down. Where does performance end and reality begin? Jackson County 911 emergency. Tell me what the emergency is. All I can tell you is a gun went off. This is also a story about family, about ambition, accomplishment, sharing. Are you in danger? Yes. Okay, is the person that did the firing of the weapon, are they there now? Yes. So, yes. 
A horror movie.